you are welcome. Have your way, Lord. Just tell them in your own verbiage, your own words. Holy Ghost, have your way with me. That wasn't super solid, church. A lot of people, listen, a lot of people are scared of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost might contradict what you believe. The Holy Ghost might contradict your mood. You might be very committed to being depressed today. You might be very committed to being sad. You may be very committed to be oppressed. The Holy Ghost will set you free. Just say, Lord, have your way in me. He'll set you free right now if you want to be free. If you don't want to be free, then don't ask. Don't be a religious person and just pray repeated prayers. But if you literally want to encounter the power of God, then say, Holy Ghost, have your way. It really doesn't even matter what I preach. It really doesn't matter what I do. He'll have his way in you. I've been in services, nobody's preaching. I'm getting, I mean, I'm just getting soaked in the power of the Holy Ghost. Just invite him in. Don't be, don't be a religious person. There's, there is no religion. It's the word of God and it's the voice of the Spirit. That's it. That's it. And the voice of the Spirit is the word of God. So he wants you to be free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, though. See, we have a responsibility. Everybody only quotes the first part of that message. You know how, first part of that verse. And you know how that fires me up. Because it sets everybody free from their own responsibility. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. What is the yoke of slavery in your life right now? What is it? And everybody, a lot of people who think that they're completely free are the most bound. Oh, I'm good. Are you sure you're good? Have you asked God that you're good? Have you asked your wife or your husband that you're good? Have you asked them, am I really good? Am I, have I reached, honey, have I reached perfection? Because if the answer's no, then you still have a ways to go. See that little rhyme? If the answer's no, you have a ways to go. I ought to be a poet. I ought to be a poet. There'd be a lot of caboose <laughs> rhymes in there. Good rhymes with loose. Caboose. So in furtherance of setting you free, I want to tell you, I'm going to launch right where we left off last week. I mean, literally right where we left off last week. And I want to tell you what Christianity is not. So that you stop falling for the devices of the enemy. What you need to understand what Christianity is and what Christianity is not. I can certainly tell you this. Christianity is not man-made. It is divine. So anything that's man-made is not Christianity. It'd have to be the Word of God, which is Jesus. It'd have to be the Holy Ghost, which is the Holy Ghost. And it'd have to be the Almighty God, which is the Almighty God of Israel. It cannot be man-made. It cannot be steeples and bells and stained glass windows and traditions. It's the Word of God. Now, it can be a tradition if the Word of God is your tradition. But unless the Word of God is your tradition, and you hear all the different worldly quotes, everything happens for a reason, that's not a Bible verse. Therefore, you ought to just go ahead and excommunicate that thing out of your life. If mom ain't happy, the whole house ain't happy, excommunication. <laughs> Takes the village, excommunication. All the various other weak church statements. 
beautiful the mess we are, excommunication. God does not marvel at the mess that we are. You know, God just takes us as I am. That's not a Bible verse. You realize it never says in the Bible that he takes you as you are? What? I've been taught that in my life. And he doesn't. He takes you upon a 180 degree turn. That's when he takes you in. As you turn from the world, and as you turn from carnality, and as you turn from sin, then he takes you. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Not just stand there and look at it and he just takes me as I am. It's a Christian song. It takes me as I am. It's not true. You're welcome. That's what Christianity is not. You won't be free unless you understand what it is and what it is not. Amen? And before I go any further, is there anybody here from out of town? Raise your hand. Out of town. Look at all these people from out of town. Isn't that cool? Bless you guys. Love you guys. Hopefully, for your sake, somebody either warned you about what you're walking into or you're already watching us. How many of you came? This is risky now. How many of you, for me, how many of you specifically came from out of town to this church? Raise your hand. Anybody? There we go. Look at that. Look at that. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? And if, we, if you have a chance, go up and talk to those people and ask them, how's the church situation in your community? And you'll realize, for some of you who get irritated with me, how blessed you are. Just ask them. Ask them about what the church condition is in their community. Because I talk, I end up, those of you that are from out of town, I'll be right outside the church after church today to shake hands and everything and tell me where you're from. But I talk to those people all the time and they just tell me there's nothing. Because everybody is preaching Christianity that is not Christianity. It's just like everything is inverted in this world. We have a closed border. 12,000 people a day illegally invading the United States of America is now called a closed border. And if you don't vote for a bill that's called border security bill, because they label an a open border bill, border security. And so if you vote against it, you're voting against border security. The world is inverted. You're like, Tom, that's politics. Invasions of borders are not politics. Please read your Bible. Tax policy, which I'll be happy to talk about because I don't really care, is politics. Insurance reform is politics. Board of County Commissioners, that's politics. Lawlessness is not politics. And it ought to be addressed from the pulpit. Why? Because it's lying. You don't sit there and just accommodate bold-faced lies and call it, well, you know what? There's no politics from the pulpit. What do you do with that? Excommunicate it, because it's not a Bible verse. Where is that? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians? 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy? Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James? 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, Revelation? Which one is it? No politics from the pulpit. Where is it? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians? Where is it? No politics from the pulpit is nowhere 
So if I, you know what? If you want to preach it, preach it. Well, Tom, then you, you might lose your 501c3 status. Not unless I put the name Foundation Church behind a candidate. I love the people. They send me this stuff. I haven't got the message yet, of course. I put out stuff all the time, and people put, just wait, we're going to get this guy's 501c3 taken from him. I'm taking, first of all, spin it sideways and shove it up your own caboose. I don't even care. You can take it from me all you want. All you'll do is prosper me. I'm like Obi-Wan Kenobi being struck down by Darth Vader. All you're going to do is make me more powerful. Take away my 501c3 status. Go ahead, do whatever you want. God will just have to bless me more. doesn't really matter. Do what you want to do. But people, they're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4.6 applies around the globe. You're destroyed for lack of knowledge. You have no idea what you're talking about. I love it when they send me that stuff because then I just destroy them with the actual verbiage of the statute. You dummy. <laughs> Put a mask on. Take eight injections. Tom, that's, a, that's an exaggeration. That's hyperbolic. No, we're not. It's on number eight right now for anybody 65 and above. Number eight. You're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why would you take it? You're like, Tom, that's not, that's, that's politics again. No, 17 million people have died since the vaccine. Excess deaths worldwide. 17 million people. And that is from extraordinarily reliable sources. You know where those sources come from? Liberal Bureau of Statistics. And from the Society of Actuaries, which is insurance companies. It's absolute bold-faced facts that's the case. And as, if you are a preacher, a pastor, you ought to be addressing the deaths of humanity. Amen. You ought to be addressing it regularly. Because here's the thing, the world is no longer scared of the church. I'm going to get to why in just a minute. It's no longer scared of the church because we have refused the miraculous. See, what people think about me is that I'm just a staunch rebel, that I'm just standing against things. No, do you know how I stood or how we stood against the COVID tyranny? was in the miraculous. Not we're we're just going to rebel, which I would have done anyway. (laughs) Tom, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, not if you're rebelling against evil. I didn't, I didn't rebel against the COVID tyranny because I just wanted to shove it in their face, which again, I did, being fully transparent. I stood against the COVID-19 tyranny in Matthew 16, 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I took on, and I hope you took on, the supernatural power of God. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's how I stood in COVID-19. I'm not gonna worry about this. We were lucky that it was a 99.9% survival virus. Think about how ridiculous the behavior is with that statistic. The response to that statistic? I was listening to a pastor being interviewed this morning on my walk. And he was, he was pastoring in the state of Washington. They were completely locked down for 24 months. He wasn't allowed to leave his home for anything that was not deemed essential for 24 months. Now, we here in Florida, we're like, hey, this thing is no big deal. That's how it was there. Now, of course, the whole time I'm sitting there going, why didn't you open your church? Put it in their face. Make them come and arrest you. 
In, Revela in Revelation chapter two, three, and four, when it talks about the seven churches, five of which are bad. So that tells you two-thirds of churches are, are basically stink. It tells you we're going to be thrown in prison. You're going to have to stand. Will it happen in your time? I don't know. But you need to have a commitment in your mind that I will stand in the supernatural power of God. You're like, well, this doesn't, this doesn't apply to me. I'm an everyday person. I'm going to work. Listen, there's going to come a time where they try to leverage you into a one-world commerce system where you have no way to go to work without eight vaccines. You have no way to purchase anything without being pro-transgender. They leverage you into a one-world commerce system with a singular access point to it. That's the book of Revelation, that he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. They will try to listen. You have to have a mindset now. Whether it happens, if you have the mindset now, it probably won't happen in your lifetime. If you don't have the mindset now, your weakness is exposed, and they will usher it in. Because all they take is they use a vehicle, whether it's climate change or whether it's a pandemic, and they ride that vehicle into tyranny. But you and I are supposed to be purveyors and preachers of freedom. Freedom, not bondage, freedom. It'll give me my QR code on my phone so I could swipe it in and go to Publix. No, no. Take away my cash so you can control my currency. No. Home Depot's open, but the church is closed. No. This pastor that was being interviewed seems like a good guy. And I liked some of what he said. But I'm like, why did it take you so long? And why were you closed for months? Why would you ever close? Look at me. Look at me. Never. Not going to happen. Never. I don't care what their excuses are. I don't care what it is. And as I told you last week, I am a consumer, a perpetual consumer of information. Kind of drives my wife crazy. <laughs> Hours every day consuming information. And I'm watching what's going on around the globe from many different sources, both left hard and right wing. I'm watching. And they're doing it right now. They're ushering it back in. And you had better have the mindset. This was happened to a lot of people, even from this church. They usher it back in. You know what? It's 2021. It's eased back. 2022, eased back. 2023, eased back. And they go back to their worth. Because I, I bother them. Because I'm always, pro they're kicking against the goads like Paul did until he got kicked off his mule. And they're, they're kicking against the goads because I bother them and I goad them, or as the Old Testament says, I give them a prick, pricking them, like a sand spur in Florida on your foot. They don't like it. They're being told that you ought to be speaking in tongues, that you ought to be prophesying, you ought to be powerful, you ought to be healed, you ought to be mentally stable and mentally strong. They don't want to hear it. They need to turn from their sin and turn from their carnality. They don't want to hear an anti-Calvinist message. It was good for them during COVID. But now that they think that things have, that have settled in and become more peaceful, they drift back. Some of you are watching right now because you did the drift back. You found out there was nothing to drift back to, but you're too humiliated to come back in here. I don't even know you left, so you might as well come back in. 
I do care that people leave. I do care. Not enough to keep me awake at night. Not enough to stop me from eating. But I do care. And you ought to have the correct mindset for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Not a mindset of fear, a mindset of victory. A mindset of letting your yes be yes and your no be no. There comes a time to tell people to their face, yes, and to their face, no. I've got lots of faults and failings, and sometimes my faults and failings actually help me to stand up against oppression, even though they're actually faults and failings. Just like, I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> Especially for somebody who's claiming to be an expert. Have you ever noticed that no, no experts are actually experts? You ever noticed it? Everybody claims to be an expert. They're not an expert at all, in any way, shape, or form. Most of the people that were putting out the COVID tyranny and the COVID philosophy and the COVID theology, people have never treated a patient in their life, never solved a problem in their life. They're the kind of people that start a business about how to start a business that have never run a business. Come to my seminar about how to start a business. Oh, great, what business did you ever start? Uh, one, and it failed, so I started a business about how to start businesses. It's like all the pastors of pastors that I've run into throughout the years who want to pastor me. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> who are you? Well, we're a pastor of pastors. Oh, really? Where have you ever successfully pastored? Uh, nowhere. So yeah, you're going to pastor pastors. Nobody, listen, very few people are actually experts. And when they are experts, you'll really know it. You'll really know it because they solve problems now. Not later, now. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. All right, so Christianity is not the following. It is not cooperation. It is not collusion. It is not being yoked together with the devil, carnality, or the world. If it is anything that's calling for you to cooperate, collude, or be yoked together with the world, it's not Christianity, it is not love. Well, you know, the reason why we put masks on was because we wanted to show the world our cooperation, uh, collusion, and even our yoking. Because they were, they were one, we want to show everybody that we're one with the community. I'm not one with the community. I love the people in the community, but the community is actually the world. You have God so loved the world, John 3, 16, and then, it, so God so loved the world in John 3, 16. And then you have 1 John 2, 15. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. So what is the difference? There's a system of the world, and there are people that live in the world. You have people that are in the world that are sinners. I can relate to being a sinner. Anybody else? And then you have people that are wicked. The sinners are just sinners. You know what? They're victims of people like Noah Harari who want to just give you video games and drugs because you're a deemed a useless human being. The lead advisor for Klaus Schwab said that. The World Economic Forum. They're just sinners. They go and they self-medicate via anything. Drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever it may be. 
endless relationships, fornication, homosexuality. They're just sinners. If they don't repent of their sin, they will go to hell for it. But that's why you have the church. Ezekiel 33, 8 and 9. When I say to the wicked, oh, wicked man, you will surely die. And you do not speak out to dissuade him from his ways. That wicked man will die for his sin. And I will hold you accountable for his blood. And then you're going to be an accommodating church? You're not going to say a word to him? You're not going to warn him? You're You're loved here. You're loved here. You should feel comfortable. No, you shouldn't feel comfortable. You should feel fire. Fire. A call to repentance. The power of God. That's what you should feel. So you have the sinner, and then you have those who stand against the almighty God, who oppose and exalts himself above all that is called worship, all that is called God, or that is worshiped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. That, of course, is the Antichrist. But they actually mirror the Antichrist in that they directly oppose Yahweh. That's the wicked. You do not yoke yourself with the wicked world. You don't yoke yourself with the sinner either. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. What do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Then why did all the church, why did they all come out and say, you know what, we're trying to be a good, you know, a a community partner and, and a good neighbor? No. I'm gonna do what the word of God says. If that happens to make me a good neighbor in my neighbor's eyes, okay. But if it doesn't, I don't care. I'm gonna do what the word of God tells me to do. Period. You have to have that mindset. You do not collaborate or cooperate or yoke yourself together with the spirit of the world or with the devil or anybody living in sin. Tom, that's just mean. You're calling people sinners. I didn't call them sinners. God called them sinners. So if God calls them sinners, and Jesus calls them sinners, and I'm Christian, then I ought to call them what they are. Correct? And some people, get, some people get bothered by this because they're like, don't call yourself a sinner anymore, Tom, because you're no, no longer a sinner. I understand that. But I was once chief among sinners, and I still struggle with sin. I sin, I get it right. I don't live in it, but I do, I do fall to sin. And I get it right now. I don't sit in it. If you sit in it, then it flips into Galatians 5, 19 through 21. I warn you now, as I've warned you before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. But only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27. Don't sit in it. But you do, not co- you do not collaborate with these systems. And I mean in any way, shape, or form. You may have somebody come up and tell you, you know what, depression runs in our family. You don't cooperate with that. You, you don't, now listen, here's the thing. You, if you went to a doctor, then understand, then when the doctor tells you, the Christians do this, it drives me nuts, it drives me crazy. It really does. You're like, Tom, you've never been to a doctor? Yeah, listen, I've had doctors have a major impact on my family in a positive way. Maybe even saving life. So I love doctors and I love nurses. If you're gonna go when they tell you something, don't go, I rebuke that. You went there. I hate that. We don't receive that. You're in the hospital. 
Take what they have to say, then you take it to the word and be healed. They told you you have this or you have that. You went to find out what it was. I've done the same thing, but I didn't go. I'll tell you my story. Some of you heard it. I woke up when I was 41. So 40, that was uh, thir- uh, 14 years ago. Never had a kidney stone in my life before. Never had one since. But I woke up that morning because I went on this weightlifting spree. And I went to GNC and I loaded up myself with all these different minerals. And I drank no water at that time. Now I consume water. And if I learned my lesson. I, I consume water ferociously now. But back then, I drank basically Coke Zero. Seriously, Coke Zero. Thirsty, Coke Zero. How is, I mean, how I ever quenched it, I have no idea. So I'm out there just slamming these minerals. I mean, the various weightlifting minerals and protein shakes. They're full of rocks. That's what a mineral is, rock. Put a bunch of them together, it's a rock. So I'm out there draining, I'm out in the garage, because I work out in the garage and it's 98 degrees out there. And I'm just sweating and sweating and sweating, sweating and slamming minerals, slamming rocks. And drinking Diet Coke and further dehydrating myself every time I drink something. So one morning I woke up, I'm like, what on earth is going on? And I sat there for hours just sweating, just praying, I was praying, I was praying. And finally, I called Hope, and I said, listen, you may need, first time in my life, I, I was a cop at the time. It's the first time in my life, I'm like, you may need to call 911. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. So Hope goes, I'll be home in a minute. So she had to drive home, drives home from Sarasota, loads me up in the, loads me up in the car. We drive to Inglewood, uh, Inglewood Emergency Room, Inglewood Hospital. Driving there, I'm a very shy person. <laughs> I know you don't believe that. Yeah, kind of correct it. More of a modest person than shy. Not super shy, but modest. Like, I get stage fright. Not this. My pants could fall down right now. My heart rate wouldn't go up. Seriously. It's over for me with that. But I'm modest in that, I mean, I get stage fright. I can't pee in front of anybody. Anybody looking at me? It's over. Boom, shut down. Like the Hoover, like the Hoover Dam. Boom, I don't care how bad I gotta go. Boom, over. I used to dread that. It's like every stadium you had to go watch a football game in back old school. For those of you that are over 40, you remember, you'd go into the Citrus Bowl in Orlando and they just had a giant trough. Everybody stood around it, flying, flying free. And I'm one of the nerds waiting for the toilet because I can't be there like that. I told you, I hope somebody warned you before they brought you in here. So, but I go in there and it's so bad that I had nurses all like surround, I like, there's only one woman in the emergency room, she just cleared out when I came in there. Cause I'm like, oh, ah, ah, you know, and then I barfed too, in a bucket. I'm very cleanly about my barfing. But anyway, she clears out, they bring me back there. I'm surrounded by nurses, all women. And they're like, hey, hurry up, pull your pants down, pee in this bottle. No problem. That's how desperate I was. I couldn't pee in front of a soul. There's three or four nurses I've never met in my life. 
And I'm now flying free, peeing in the bottle right in front of them, because that's how desperate I am. And I love, listen, I love those people. Even despite what happened with COVID and all the COVID caving and everything else, that day, they helped me. And I, and I'm, I'm, very, I'm very thankful for that. Please understand that. But I don't just now buy into the world. But when I went into the hospital, I didn't go. They told me, you have a kidney stone. I rebuke that. Then what happens is you start praying over it. You went there. Now I tried to understand this for six hours. I tried. And I was rebuking it. And I was going coming against it. I'm not going to tell you that I've succeeded every time. I have laid my hands on people with stage four cancer and seed them made well. I have. I have. Listen, I have. But on that day, I was just like the disciples in Matthew 17, uh, Matthew 17, 17 through 21. How long shall I put up with you? How long shall I stay with, stay with you? Bring the boy here to me. That's what Jesus did, right? Because they couldn't cast out the demon out of the epileptic boy, right? So that was me that day. And that, you know what? That's how I was even then. I was like, you know, it was me. I failed. I could, not, I could not heal myself. Could not get it done. So I went to the doctors and the nurses. And they healed me. Over, well, actually my body healed itself. I had to pass that bad boy. That was fun. <laughs> I gave birth to a BB. <laughs> I named him Jimmy. <laughs> so they told me you have a kidney stone. So that's it. You know, you start to pray over it now. You went there, take responsibility, and pray it off. Amen? That's what you do. Or you win before you ever go. That's what you do. So if you've been diagnosed with this and you know that it's true, you know what? Pray it off. God wants you well. That's all been rejected by the collaborators, by the cooperators. They have rejected the miraculous and taken religion instead. Where do you get this from, Tom? I'm gonna show you. Now look at how God how the word of God, which is God, responds. How, what, what do you mean the word of God is God? People always say God's word. God is the word. Jesus is the word. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the word, and the Holy Spirit. Where's Jesus? Jesus is the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Jesus is the word. So how does God respond to the wicked? Psalm chapter 9, verse 17. I'm all over the place, guys, in the back, so don't worry about it. Do the best you can. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forgot God. Well, that's not modern day preaching. You know what? There is no such thing as modern day preaching, good preaching, bad preaching, negative or positive preaching. It's either word preaching or not word preaching. That's it. Revelation 21.8. You know, these are the people that most Christians yoke themselves with. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderer, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. 1 Corinthians 1.19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. How many, how many times in 2020 and 2021 did you hear Christians say, I know what the word says, but you have to use wisdom. You know what? He's gonna destroy the wisdom of the wise. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. 1 Corinthians 1.21. 1 
You see how there's a lot of vehement passion in this church, but it's all Bible? Have you noticed it? It's all the word of God. It's not just standing against the tide, which I'm, it's, that's, that, that's carnal for me. That's easy for me to stand against the tide. The tide irritates me. That's like me, it's, it's easy for me to fast lima beans. <laughs> standing against the tide is not hard for me because I hate the tide, so I don't want the tide. I mean, I, I look at them and I mean, I'll force myself to be cordial I wouldn't be calling them the honorable or my colleague, like all these Republican so, pseudo-conservatives do. This is my honorable colleague from whatever state of whatever. I don't, wouldn't do any of that. I'd call them Mr. or Mrs., maybe. A lot of them I just call by their first name. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. You ever, here's the thing. Their understanding is already worthless anyway. Wear a mask. What does that do? Nothing. Stands six feet apart. Whose who's sphincter was that pulled out of? Scott Gottlieb on the Pfizer board. I don't just go, oh, some Scott Gottlieb tells me who pimps and whores the vaccine, tells me to stand six feet apart. Oh, I'm just gonna do it then because I want to be a community partner and a good neighbor. That's how the modern church is. The modern church sits across the street from ABC Liquors that is wide open while they're shut down and does nothing, and they think that's Christianity. It's not Christianity. It's cowardice. And the cowardly will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the truth. So what happened, what happened to the church? The answer to that is, what happened to faith? What happened to faith? What happened to the faith was the same thing that happens every time. It gets turned into, the relig into religion and becomes a stumbling block to the religious. And you're like, yeah, but Tom, you're talking about evangelical churches. They believe in being born again. They're religious. You're like... People think I'm religious because I talk about repentance. I talk about obedience. I talk about that you can lose your salvation. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27. Colossians 1, 21 through 23. Amen. Revelation chapter 3, 15 and 16. Thinking of all the other ones that are popping into my head right now. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22. It'll pop in there. I'll keep, it'll keep coming. They think, I'm religious? No, I'm word. You should be word. Many of you are word. You wouldn't be here. Nobody can take this church unless you love the Bible. You can't take it. But if you love the Bible, you'll be fine. But you gotta let the Bible, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. You gotta let the Bible pierce you cut you wide open and rebuild you. You gotta let the Bible do it or you're going nowhere. You're going, yeah, you can pick up and move from church to church to church to church. It's all lateral movement. You're gaining no ground. You run from it all you want. Just give in. It's the Bible. It's Jesus. As stubborn and willful as I am, I give in 
to Jesus. And I approach Jesus like a child. What happened? Faith gets turned into religion. Where do you get this from? Turn with me, Romans chapter 9, 30 through 33. What shall we say then? Now let me just put, plant this in your head. What was the cornerstone and the stumbling block which the builders rejected? Keep that in your mind. What was it? What was it? What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness, Paul writing, have attained the righteousness, even the righteousness of faith, but Israel pursuing the law of righteousness has not attained to the law of righteousness? Why? Why couldn't they attain to it? Why, he says, verse 32, because they did not seek it by faith. Listen, everybody badmouths the law. The law is the lesser of of the agreements between God and men, the lesser of the covenants, yes. But it still can save a soul. Not now, but it could back then. It could have saved a soul, only Jesus can now. But back then, it still could save souls, but it hardly saved any souls. Why? Because it wasn't received by faith. You're like, what's the difference? You have the Pharisees and the Sadducees, pre-Jesus, pre-the cross, could have been saved, but instead they're called whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones, called sons of hell. Why? They have the law memorized. Why couldn't they be saved? Because they didn't approach it by faith. And let me just plant this seed in your mind. Faith is of the power of God and of the miraculousness of God. It's not, people just go, well, I'm a man of faith. What does that mean? Well, you're a man or a woman of faith. What does that mean? Define it for me, please. It's like they say, I want to take your assault rifle. Okay, well, define for me what an assault rifle is. Please go ahead. Ah, uh, it's a fully automatic, semi-automatic. <laughs> we got to lower your CO2 emissions. Okay, well, just define to me problematic CO2. I know it's 0 0.04 of the atmosphere. So tell me when it becomes problematic. Ah, uh, the earth's warming. No, they could have been saved by the law back then, pre-Jesus. But they didn't take it by faith. They didn't embrace an intimacy with God they could have had. Even without being a temple of the Holy Ghost, where the Holy Ghost actually dwelt in, in the literal temple, they could have had a relationship with God, but they didn't approach the law by faith. With softness and relationship and the miraculous, miraculousness and dependence on God. They wanted to depend on themselves instead. How many of you like that? Look at me now. Come on. Have the courage. Look at me now. How many of you like that? I depend on myself. I work hard. It's all going to burn. Everything you're working hard for is going to burn. Well, what about my family and my kids? All those bodies are going to burn. Everything you work for, everything that you attain by yourself, which, by the way, you can't attain anything by yourself. I said this last week. I believe it's John 9, 38, but don't hold me to that. For without me, you can do nothing. Well, I do it, but you know what? I worked hard. I lifted weights, and I've done this, and I've become great at this, and I've become great at that. Everything you have, what did you do? Did you, like, make your flesh? Did you make your heart beat? Did you make your heart? Did you make your talents? 
all came from God. Without him, you can do nothing. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up, James chapter 4, verse 10. Humble yourself. Tommy, you don't seem like a humble man. I am a humble man. I don't dare do a thing without God. I'm flying today. You know how much I hate flying? I ain't flying without God. I ain't getting on that plane without him. You're like, Tom, that's, not, that's pretty cowardly. I know. But I do it anyway, even though it scares me. You're like, Tom, how can that scare you? It scares me. Look at me. It scares me, right? I don't like it. I don't like when you're taking off with this little, I don't like any of that. And everyone's going to make fun of me today. And I'm like the most amusing thing on the plane for my family. Everybody turns around. Aaron looks at me the whole time laughing at me. I just close my eyes. And I play Blessed Assurance on my headphones. That's what I do. I'm not kidding you. But I don't do stuff without God. I don't preach without God. I don't podcast without God. I wouldn't dare. If I sin before the podcast, I get it right before the podcast. If I sin before preaching, I get it right before preaching. So let me, I don't do stuff without God. Because without him, I can do nothing. So here's this controversy what happened to Israel? They had the law, but it was still a law of faith. And they decided to turn it into a law of religion. That's what we're doing in the evangelical church today. Well, you know, it's all about benevolence. Where's that in the Bible? Jesus did his benevolence by power, by faith. Not fundraisers. Ooh, ah. You ever notice how there's never been a fundraiser in the history of Foundation Church? Ever? You ever notice it? Because I expect you to give by faith. If you don't want to give by faith, then enjoy the Biden economy. I don't have, Biden economy has no impact on me. Grocery prices up 20 to 30%. Gas prices up, same amount. Everything's up. Insurance is up. Everything's up. Average home cost. I just had two houses in our neighborhood. I found out what they sold for. My goodness. I'm like, uh, Greg came up to me this morning. Their house sold. Horace house sold. I'm like, these are houses in my neighborhood. $750,000. Like, $750,000? I built my house for two thirty-eight. I'm thinking, I'm going to sell. No, I'm kidding. I ain't selling, I ain't selling nothing. I'm not a part of this economy. But the average home cost in America is now $411,000. Average. What was it just three years ago? It was in the twos. Amazing what this administration has accomplished. I don't live in that economy. I'm not, I'm not tightening my purse strings. I'm not tightening my purse strings. I'm not doing it. Some of you aren't gonna like this, and if you don't, that's fine. But I will tell you this, I won't fly anything but first class anymore. I'm not jamming my body into that seat anymore. I'm not doing it. I'm not paying for my, my ticket today. Jonathan's paying for it. I'm flying to Vegas for Jonathan's board meeting, not for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl will be over by the time I get there. I'm flying there for Jonathan Shuttlesworth's board meeting. I'm honored to be a part of that board. But I won't, I won't go. I ain't going back. 
Once you've had first class, can't go back. I wish I could make that rhyme, but I can't. I'm not. I'm not jamming myself in where I sit for six hours like this. Try, remember, you try to figure out how to take the tray down. I'm like, I'm like Tyrannosaurus Rex with his tiny little arms. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hit you. And I'm everybody's nightmare to sit next to you on a plane because I'm wide. It doesn't matter if you're in first class. Doesn't matter how wide you are. I feel bad. And one of my kids usually has to sit next, sit, sit next to me, and my shoulders are lapping on top, is, is on top of overlapping their shoulder. I feel bad for them. I'm not going back. I'm not, I'm not participating in this economy. I'm not doing it. I refuse. How do you not participate? You tithe. Oh, I don't agree with that. That's an Old Testament principle. You're wrong. It's pre-Testament. You know what you ought to do? Don't raise your hands. For all the non-tithers in here, there's another preacher after my money. You believe that all you want. You know what you ought to do? Read the Bible. Most people who claim to be an expert in the Bible are just as much an expert in the Bible as Anthony Fauci is with infectious diseases. None. Zero. No expertise at all. You have no idea what you're talking about. That's an Old Testament thing. And it's not Old Testament. It's pre-Old Testament. It's Abrahamic. Therefore, it's ours. And plus, just so you know, it works. This righteous man has never been seen begging for bread. You? Tithe. Start today. I'm not even taking an offering. Big black boxes in the back next to Big Eddie right there. There he is. Right there, tithe. Your life will change. Your financial situation will change today. But you have to do it by faith. Most people don't tithe by faith. How do they tithe? They tithe because they're Pentecostal. They tithe because they're Baptist. No, that's what we do. Okay, you're gonna, that's what you'll receive then. Be not deceived, God is not mindful. Whatsoever man sows, that shall also reap. You're sowing nothing, you'll receive nothing. I don't, I don't, I don't, I make a demand. Got this from Jerry Savelle. I make a demand on my seed. Lord, you remember I sowed that seed. I'll make a demand on it. And guess what God does? What does God say in his word? I don't know where this is at, but you can pull it up. God actually tells us in the Old Testament to command him. Oh, how dare you say that? Look at me. I didn't. He did. Blame God. You know what? For once, don't crucify me at Applebee's. Crucify Yahweh at Applebee's. He said it. I didn't. I don't participate in the world's economy. I, I participate financially by faith. I participate with the kingdom of heaven by faith. But Israel pursuing, back in Romans chapter 9, verse 31. But Israel pursuing the law of righteousness has not attained it, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith. But as it were, by the works of the law. Look how good I am. For they stumbled at the stumbling stone. What's the stumbling stone? Faith. Why do most people not get saved? Well, I just can't believe that's how, how it works. That's why. Faith is the stumbling stone. I thought Jesus was the stumbling stone. Jesus is the word of God. Faith 
comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is everybody's stumbling stone and the cornerstone which most religious builders build and reject. Because you know what? It's outside of the realm of human thought. It's outside of the realm of normality. I'm standing in faith. I'm standing in the miraculous. I never spend a day outside of the miraculous. Ever. Look at me. I mean it. Ever. I don't spend a day outside of the miraculous. Every day I'm speaking in tongues. Every day I'm making demands on my seed. Every day I'm making demands of the word of God. Every day and I expect it. I demand it. And, I'm ri- and I risk being disappointed that I won't get it. Do you? Or have you decided, you know what, I'm going to adapt my faith. I'm going to change it. I'm going to make it something that's not the Bible. That's not the miraculous. I, say, I hear it all the time from you. I'm getting old. Who told you you get old? Who told you? Well, Tom, everybody, I know man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. I know the Bible, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Did you know that? You just spout out there. No, I know. Okay. How did Moses die? How did Moses die? Really, pre-law, pre-installation of what became the religious law, he was operating by faith. Deuteronomy 34, 7, how did he die? Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. He climbed up a mountain and croaked. That's me. When I am, when I, I was born September 8, 1968. On, on my 103 or four days prior to my 100th birthday, I'm driving out, because I love out west. I'm gonna drive out to some mountain somewhere. I would have maybe taken Colorado, but since they tried to remove Trump off the ballot, they can kiss my rear end. But uh, so, I'll go to Wyoming. I'm gonna find myself a mountain, and I'm 119 years old, 11, 119 uh, years, 11 months, and 27 days old. I'm climbing up a mountain, I'll croak then. Fully healthy. Fully healthy. That's the Bible. That's operating by faith. What do you operate in? Well, just reality. All right. Follow the wicked. Follow. 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 What, is, what is that organization for the utterly, the, the big lobbying group? AARP. ARP. Follow ARP. Don't ever move into a mobile home park. This is what you really want to do. Don't move there because you're old. If you really want to move there, move there. I don't care if you move there. Don't ever, don't ever start accepting, well, I'm old now. It's not the Bible. You operate by faith. I love you if you live in a mobile home park, all right? I love you. Seriously, I do. I'm just saying don't move into one because you're old. You're welcome. As it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. The rock of offense is faith. When you go to the world and you say, you know what, I'm not putting on your mask. I'm not worried about CO2. I'm gonna tell you what the word of God says about transgenderism and homosexuality. I'm not worried about anything. I operate by faith. Whatever I bind is bound. 
Whatever I lose is this. What if you fail? Well, so, okay, you fail. The disciples fail too. To the place where I told you earlier, Matthew 17, 17, 17, 18, Jesus says to them, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and he was cured from that very hour. All right, they failed. I failed hundreds of times, thousands of times. But I do not change my theology because I acknowledge that it's not God, it's me. I do not change my theology. I do not respond to a viral infection with wickedness. Tom, it wasn't wicked. We were trying to be loving. How is it loving? Explain to me how it's loving to have a flute player on your stage with a slit cut in their mask. Explain to me how that's loving. I played endless videos. One of them, they had kids at their orchestra recital in tents, plastic tents. How's, explain to me how that's loving. How, how is it loving to tell, you know, you're standing in a McDonald's and you're trying to get your Big Mac and you're behind a, 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 a plastic shield? Um, I would like a Big Mac, please. What? Big Mac. You lack, no, Big Mac. How is that, how is that loving? to sit there and lie and pretend like that's gonna stop a virus. No, you operate by faith. What is your situation right now? What is it? I'm I'm on the verge of divorce. Then turn to Ephesians chapter five, 22 through 25 will solve all your problems. Actually, 19 through 25 will solve all your problems right now. If you'll abide in that word, if he abides in you and you abide in him, you will ask you desire and shall be done for you. John 15, seven. Go right to there and change it. Husbands, start loving your wife like Christ loved the church. Watch her love you back. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Watch him love you back. I told you about those cantankerous Christian women that surrounded me while I was dating Hope. All Christian women, probably probably running the cantankerous Christian women Bible studies. How to be cantankerous, how to be miserable in your marriage. Come to my Bible study. I'm gonna teach you how to hate your husband because he's a man. And I'm gonna, try to turn, I'm gonna try to teach you how to turn him into a woman that you'll hate even more than the original man. Because I would just, as I do to this day, I'm 55, hoping I got married when I was 28. So we're in our 27th year, going on 28 years. And so nothing's changed. They all told me that everything's gonna change. They all said it. They all told me, I used to tell them, my kids aren't driving until they're 18. They're not dating until they're 18. Oh, you just wait. That's easy to say right now when they're cute and they're three years old. Just wait. Okay, that's because you don't operate by faith. You operate by tradition. I pray over my kids. I operate by faith. I operate in the miraculous. I operate in the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. I pray the Holy Ghost all over them. Now, I don't do this. I pray the Holy Ghost over them. Hope would get up, hey Tom, do you want something to eat? Yeah, I'd love something, thanks. And, you want, and she'd bring me that and say, oh, do you want a drink too? Yeah, give me a drink. And they'd all be sitting there. Don't get used to that. That all changes after the honeymoon. <laughs> they sound like, 
They sound like they belong in the Exorcist movie. But we operate by faith. Our marriage is conducted in the miraculous. We pray over stuff. We expect the miraculous. So God's welcomed in and religion is welcomed out. We're not gonna turn our faith into religion. Amen, amen. Matthew 21, 42 and 43. Jesus said to them, have you never read the scriptures? That's the way he says here. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. What is the stone that the builders are rejecting? Miraculousness, faith. They'd rather have religion. You know what? Um, I know what the Bible says. Whatever's bound is bound. Whatever's loose is loose. But you know what? We need to use wisdom. We need to be very compassionate with one another. If your aunt really feels, if Aunt Susie feels like, you know, she's safer with a mask and she's safer with you wearing a mask, we as Christians ought to accommodate her in compassion. No, that's not compassion. It's not faith. It's nothing but wickedness. And I know I'm using COVID as an endless example because it's just easy. It's easy fodder. But it can be anything. Well, you know, everybody in my family, once they cross this certain age, we all tend to get arthritic. No, you don't operate like that. You operate by faith. You bind it from your life. Don't worry. Don't, well, once we get to a certain age, well, bind it long before you get to that certain age. Jesus said to them, have you never read the scripture? I want to say it to most Christians. People, I don't get it sometimes. I'm supposed to be reading these Bible verses and I keep pontificating. But I have, people come up to me and say anti-faith things all the time. I'm like, do you know who you're talking to? Do you not hear me preach every Sunday? Okay, I just caught Vanessa. I was talking to Vanessa in the parking lot. She brought, yeah, I'm gonna tell him. I'm talking. So I'm out there, I'm walking out to the parking lot. And I rarely see Vanessa after church because she's doing something else. Or she's here as long as I am, but she's usually doing something else. But anyway, so I'm walking out to my car, she's walking out to her car, and she goes, oh, is that your new truck? I said, yeah, it's a new truck, isn't it nice? She goes, we're talking, so we're talking for a second. And she, I go, that's your new car right there? And she goes, yeah, it's your, my new car. And I said, oh, okay. I said, um, who put those wheels on them for you, on your, tar- on your car for you? And she looks at me, she goes, yeah. <laughs> I went, all right. So I went, oh, I said, who put the, Vanessa, who put the wheels on your truck for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not listening to me. She's got her mind somewhere else. Like, basically, let me try to accommodate this dip squat as long as I can, and then I'm out of here. So I asked her a third time, Vanessa, and I was a little more firm this time, who put the wheels on your car? Because it's not, they're not stock on a, on a, on a uh, Jeep. What kind of Jeep is it? Cherokee. Jeep Cherokee. They're not stock. I can tell they're not stock. So I asked her for a third time. Like Jesus asked Peter three times. <laughs> so I said, Vanessa, who put the wheels on your car? She nods at me again. Yep. And I said, so I stopped. I went, Vanessa. In my mind, I'm thinking, as your friend. But I'm in and say, I said, Vanessa, do you realize 
that I've asked you the same question three times now and you've answered me in an incoherent fashion? Are you aware of that? I've asked you three times, who put the wheels on your car? And you've answered me, yes. That's like, what do you wanna go to McDonald's? You wanna go to Burger King? Yes. And she goes, oh, oh, I don't know. Thank you. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. You are dismissed. Go to whatever really interests you, because it's not me. <laughs> People don't listen. They don't. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. He starts off with, have you ever read the scriptures? This was the Lord's doing, and it is miraculous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. What is it? Faith. Faith that is not understandable to people. A lot of you, you cross the line. You believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. That's where you stop, though, because that's societally acceptable. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Where's my Jesus fish cover? Move on. No. You need to allow the miraculous in. That is faith. A lot of you, you're rejecting your gifts and calling because they're too weird for you. Some of you are called to prophet, prophesy. Some of you are called to teach, to preach, to pastor, to encourage, but it's too weird for you. Because you don't really operate by faith. You operate by religion. You got saved by faith. And then you became a Pharisaic cultist by rejecting everything else. Listen, if you're weird enough, you ever seen Jesus? You ain't never seen Jesus. You don't have proof that he died for you 2,000 years ago, but you received it by, by weirdness, by the miraculous. And by the way, just so you know, Galatians 2.20, you didn't even receive it by your faith. You received it by his faith. How much more weird can you get? Go all the way. Speak in tongues. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Stand when you are called to stand. Say yes when you are called to say yes. Say no when you are called to say no. By faith. That's what the word of God says. I'm, not, I'm put, not putting on a muzzle. I'm not standing six feet apart. I'm not buying an electric vehicle. Shove it. Take your, take your little electric vehicle death wagon cubicle and sit on it until it's fully inserted. Just keep bouncing up and down on it until it's fully inserted. I'm not doing it because you tell me to do it. I operate by faith. I'm not concerned about CO2. How dare you say that? Because I don't. It's bound. I'd like to say Welcome. To all those that are watching today. Aaron, did you send me updates today? Oh, you did. About 457. Watch right now. There we go. We're massively growing online. You guys need to do your part and massively grow us in here. You do. Listen, that's good. That's good. But we need to fill up all these purple seats. Because they're not going to be purple much longer. We're getting new seats. But, I mean, these are the purple ones. 1203, make your adjustment, everybody. Adjust your seat. Come on. Push up. Use your tricep extension right here. 
and adjust your butt cheeks. You'll feel better. I'm only going to go another 12 minutes. See, I mean, this is a, this is a, this is a full service church. <laughs> Try to teach you how to keep your glutes nice and unsore. You're welcome. Don't allow the miraculous to be usurped from your faith. Don't let it be extracted from your faith. That, once you do that, a little leaven does what? Little leaven does what? Leaven's the whole lump. You wonder how sin ends up in the church? It starts off with rejecting the miraculous. Now, got quiet right here. You're watching people move around. They're okay. They're okay. If there's any problems, Eddie will tackle them to the ground. Landon's back. Look how big Landon is. Nobody's getting past Landon. Look how huge he is. You're safe. You wonder why the church looks so galactically stupid in 2020, 2021, and 2022? You ever wonder why? Because they were rejected the miraculous a long time ago. It's just revealed who they already were. No more speaking in tongues because that's offensive. No more, no more standing for healing because that's offensive. No more standing for provision because that's offensive. You know, just, you know, we, we encourage people to tithe around here, but if you don't want to, that's okay. It's not okay. Will a man rob God? That's how, that's how Malachi 3, 8 through 11 starts. Will a man rob God? But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. It's not a friendly verse. That's the Bible, though. Who do you worship? Your own version of God or God himself? Most Christians worship their own version, their own sanitized version of God. You ever read the book of Revelation, how many people die at his command? You might want to change your version of God. Is there, there, there's, you, you got good dad and bad dad, right? What's a good dad? That one that you've got some fear of. I mean, you had a dad like that. You knew he loved you, but you didn't poke that bear. My dad's name was Chuck. You didn't poke Chuck. Chuck's six foot one, about 230 pounds. He had hands, giant hands, giant forearms, giant calves from working his whole life. Good dad, showed up to everything I ever did. All the way through college. Flew everywhere, drove everywhere, everything I ever did. Fixed everything I ever broke. Great dad, gave me a lot. But you know what? I didn't poke Chuck. Mom, yeah, I mean, I went after mom. <laughs> mom would pluck me in the face, right on my lips. She called it a bip. Like this, she put her finger and bip you right in the face, right in your lips. Pin your lip up against your, your teeth, it hurt. You want a bip? That's what you say. You want a bip? You smart mouth, you want a bip? I'd push it till I got a bip, but I never pushed it past. Well, I'm going to talk to your father when he gets home. I'm done. I'm leaving the house. I'll just go out and play. I'm going to torment, because it's all about tormenting my sister. But that dad, that good dad, that legit dad, you have God, and you need to read the book of Revelation about God, and then you've got the Lion of Judah, God, and the Lamb of God. It's all the same God. But don't forget about that lion, though. When I'm sinning, I'm thinking about the lion. And I'm like, I don't want, it. I don't want God's justice. I want his mercy. 
I'm not poking that bear. Revelation 2, 4, and 5. Here's what happened to the church. They denounced. They got rid of, as I said earlier, they excommunicated and rejected the miraculous. The power of God. And they became, what, what, what Christianity to them is? Being nice. We're nice. We're accommodating. We're tolerant. You're a transgender. What do you want to be called? You ever see that happen in here? No. Listen, you're perfectly welcome to come in here as transgender. I will read what sex you are and call you male or female. That's all. I mean, the guys, I mean, they come up and they want to be called Sherry, and their voice sounds like mine. There ain't no changing it. You can lop off whatever you want. It's still going to sound just like this. You tape up whatever you want, lop off whatever you want, take whatever pills you want, you're still going to sound just like me. We play those on the podcast all the time. These guys so so insulted when they're pulling through. They're, it's like they, they victimize Taco Bells. I don't know why it's Taco Bells. Everybody's like addicted to Taco Bell. But they drive through there, and because somebody called them sir, and they identify as a, as a ma'am, they're all insulted. I'm like, dude, it's a drive-thru. They can't see you. You sound like me. You can, you can grow your hair as long as you want, dude. You got whiskers. You sound, look, you sound like me. You look like me. You may be calling yourself Tammy, and you used to be Tom, but here's the thing. You're still Tom. They can't tell what you are. You're more than welcome to come in here as a fornicator, as a luster, as a homosexual, as a, you're more than transgender, you're more than whatever sin. You're more than welcome to sit in this church. You are, but you're gonna hear about it because I'm not gonna be held accountable. I'm not gonna be held accountable for your sin, James chapter three, verse one. And we're told in uh, Proverbs 24, 11, rescue those, rescue those who are being taken away to death and those who stagger, from the, stagger to the slaughter. Oh, hold them back from their doom. Not usher them in. Usher them in through your tolerance and your accommodation and your quote unquote four letter word love. How is it loving to usher them into burning? How is that loving? So you feel good about yourself and they accept you? For do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Should, people should get mad at some of the things you say. Why don't you say them? Because you're afraid of the societal consequences of saying them. Just like, be like me in this area. There's other areas I tell you to not be like me. Don't be like me when it comes to flying in planes. It's ridiculous. Don't be like me and how I've trained my dog, obviously. That ain't working out either. <laughs> I thought I knew, but I don't. nor another raccoon was sacrificed on the altar. <laughs> Face is all chummed up, being bitten by raccoons while I'm screaming at two o'clock in the morning, stop, stop, in people's front yard. I'm lucky I'm not in, I'm lucky I'm not in my own jail right now, Sarasota <laughs> County Jail. But in this one area, you'd be like me. Paul told Paul told people in this, it be like me in this, as I follow Christ, follow me, follow me as I follow Christ. In this area, follow me as I follow Christ. I don't care what people think. I don't care about the societal repercussions. 
I don't want any of you to leave this church. I don't, for your good, not mine. I feel bad for you, not me. I know I'm right. How do I know I'm right? Because I'm not right. I'm just reading the word of God. That's how I know I'm in right standing. How do, how do I know that I'm right when somebody says that they're sick and I tell them not for long? How do I know that I'm right? Because that's what the word of God says to do. You will lay hands on the sick and they might recover. No, they will recover. But Tom, I've laid my hands on people then he didn't recover. Four minutes to go, everybody with me? And they didn't recover. Why? Because there's unbelief in there. That's the word of God. But that makes people feel bad. So now I'm going to change my theology into something that's not the Bible. That's not what you do. You don't adapt your theology to something that's antithetical to the word of God and then call it love and compassion. You don't do that. You stick with the word of God and deal with the consequences. The consequences are great. You have God on your side. Yes, people may be against you, but you'll have God on your side and all of his power. You stand in the word of God. Revelation 2, 4, and 5. I'll close right here. Worship team, make your way. Nevertheless, most of you know this verse. Most of you know these verses. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Now, what do you do with that? Nobody ever talks about it. You've left your first love. I hear Christians talk about, I've lost my first love. It's a very dangerous place to be, by the way. Because why? why? Why is it a dangerous place to be? We'll read the next verse. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen... Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. You ever hear that? You ever hear these verses read in the ark churches? Absolutely not. What are you all looking at? Something funny, funky noise? Like that? Oh, well, you guys, yeah, I'll tell you what, you guys are observant people. You ought to be the police. Like a little noise was made. Every eye in this place, whoop. I never heard it. Someone said, waiting for my, I didn't hear it. I never heard nothing. Heather, Heather asked me after service, did you hear that one part? I'm like, no, I'm so thankful. I don't want to hear anything. So I'm just closing with this. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. When you reject the miraculous, when you reject that God is going to come through in the miraculous and you choose other alternatives and you choose other paths, that little leaven ushers in everything else. That's why the church looks so stupid over the last four years. Because they gave up on faith. They embraced a religion of evangelical Christianity. It's a religion. We're nicer than everybody else. That's not a Bible verse. Bible doesn't tell you to be nicer than everybody else. It tells you to love, and love does not rejoice in iniquity. It doesn't accommodate iniquity. It calls out iniquity. Iniquity is sin. Where do you get that from? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8, the characteristics of love. Once you reject the miraculous, you're like, you know what, I just want a calm, tempered, comfortable, comfortable with me, Christianity, Christianity that's comfortable for me. 
and you reject the power of God, the miraculousness of God, you reject, I don't, well, you know, I'm not comfortable, you know, that, you know, I'm gonna pray over people here in a second. I'm not comfortable with, you know, people falling out and, and people speaking in tongues and people laughing or people crying. I'm not really comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with people reacting to the power of God. You ever notice how people reacted to the power of God in scripture? Once you reject that, sin is on the way. Foolishness is on, on the way. If you read Psalm chapter five, one through seven, God is not appreciative of foolish people. Foolishness is on its way. You know what? Do this, do that. Why? Put a mask on, stand six feet apart, buy an electric vehicle, embrace abortion. Why does nobody talk about abortion from their pulpits? Because it might offend somebody in the room. Here, I'll be nice and offensive. Um, listen, Adolf Hitler doesn't even compare to the amount of aborted babies per year worldwide. Doesn't even compare. You talk about, I mean, Allen Iverson, like I did last week, you wanna talk about practice? You wanna talk about Hitler? 42 million per year that we know about? That's a UN statistic, so it's probably twice that. That's out without California and New York reporting. Why don't they get to be exempted? Because everyone practicing evil hates light and does not come to the light lest their deeds be exposed. John chapter three, verse 20. It's funny how everything's redacted these days. Amazing how the Secret Service's phones are all deleted on one six. Wow, all of Anthony Fauci's emails are spontaneously redacted. Why? Everyone practicing evil hates light does not come to light lest their deeds be exposed. But you, in closing, avail yourself to God. Be transparent before God. Give it all up. That's what I'm doing. It's like, I give that up. I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. I've had it. I don't need anybody to know who I am, what I am, or anything else. I just give all that up. And no agenda. Don't need to be noticed. Nothing. Just do what God has called you to do. And as Rodney Howard Brown says, do what God tells you to do and nothing else. Nothing more, nothing less. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Do you need to get right with God? Well, it is this afternoon now, this afternoon. This will be brief, this will be easy. For those of you that are new, and for those of you that I'm speaking to right now, I'm gonna do something that I don't usually do. I'm gonna put your heart at ease. I'm putting your heart at ease. You're not gonna be called forward. You're not gonna be told to stand up or asked to stand up. You're not gonna be brought to a back room. You're gonna stay right in that seat where you are completely unknown to anybody but me, completely anonymous. Nobody's ever gonna know. It's between me, you, and God. I'm your witness this afternoon. Are you a Christian who's fallen away from the faith? I'm not saying that you sin, get it right, say it, sin, get it right. It's not falling away from the faith. That's struggling with sin. I'm saying that you've conceded to sin. You know you're living a life of sin. That is a hell-bound state. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27. Colossians 1, 21 through 23. 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22. Galatians chapter five, verse four. 1 Corinthians chapter six, nine and 10. I can go on and on. It's a hell-bound state. I don't care what John Calvin says. It's a hell-bound state. You choose the word of God over a man. If that's you, you need to get your life right with God today. Maybe you've never been saved. Now is your time. Now is your time.
Maybe you're a fake Christian. Everybody thinks you're good, but you know you're not. You're living in sin. Now's your time to get it right with God. No matter what state, fake, never been saved, backslidden, or anything and everything else in between, if you need to get your life right with God this afternoon, now is your time. Why don't, you know what? Why not stop sinning today? Why don't you stop today? It's destroying your life. You're quitting things you shouldn't quit because of it. You're losing things that you shouldn't lose because of it. How about today is the day? 2 Corinthians 6.2. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Isaiah 55.6. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for we will have mercy on him. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. It's talking about mercy. Hear me now. It's talking about mercy. For my thoughts about mercy. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts and your thoughts. That's all about mercy. Seek the Lord while he may be found. If this is you, you already know that it is because the Holy Ghost is all over you. Or maybe you become so stone cold that he's not. If you're that stone cold, pray right now that he would, re he would replace your heart of stone with a heart of flesh. Pray it right now. If that's you, you need to get your life right with God this afternoon. Right where you are, boldly stretch your hand into the air. Right now, come on. Right now, there you go. All over the room, you are not alone. You are not alone. There's more, there's more. Put them in the air, come on. Put them in the air, got you. Anybody else, got you, got you, got you, got you. Fantastic, you can put them down, you're done. It's your only public testimonies right there. Now. The entire church is gonna pray this prayer out loud with you. Those of you that raise your hands. You pray it, you mean it, you are saved. You're on your way to heaven and you're on your way to an abundant life right here on earth. Pray this prayer, everybody, out loud. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus name church shouts Amen. tons of people tons of people